Hey gang, welcome to the 29th episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast from everyone at Epilogue. We hope you enjoyed your week. I'm your host, Ben Vollmer, and this week, as always, I'm joined by Marcos Carmona and Dakota Trammell, who's back. Dakota's back this week, and we're we're glad to have her. Dakota, you missed the second 27th episode that we'd ever done. I know. Yeah. I know so, I did. <laughs> so, Is that somebody, how math works? I guess. I don't know. The, somebody messaged us last week and told us that we had already recorded a 27th episode. So we, we had actually recorded a 27th episode already. I guess we were one further behind than we should have been. So when we were marveling at the fact that we had done 27 episodes, we really should have been like, wow, we're on episode 28. We were further And now we're on thought. 29. Yeah, we're on 29. We're almost at 30, which is kind of cool. I'm hoping that we'll have, it's too bad that we won't have our 31st episode for the Halloween, you know, like that would, if that had matched up really well. Hey, wait, we should just say we're doing episode 30 today. We've already fucked up once. Yeah, this is the 30th episode of the Uplog Game Podcast. that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) We're actually going to be recording on Halloween next week, I think, which is also my birthday. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Next weekend. We'll be doing both at the same time. I forget that it's your birthday. Yeah, it's my birthday. So we'll wow. hopefully have like a celebratory for both the Halloween and, and my birthday, I guess. We'll celebrate a little bit on the podcast. Ooh, let's talk about spooky games. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely do that next week. Um, it's funny because Marcos also said last week, um, haven't we already ta- had a Halloween episode? And yeah, I remember I, I was them, doing something similar to that. Yeah, and I said no. Which One was of our first episodes true. was a horror episode. It was horror, yeah. Not a Halloween a, episode. But it wasn't Halloween. I do remember that. Trust so, me, I, yeah. I do. So, pretty interesting stuff. We're figuring out a lot of things about the Epilogue Gaming Podcast this week. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I, I, I want to jump right into our trivia question. Now, Dakota, I, I'm not sure if you listened last week, but I've got some bad news. In your stead... <laughs> Blake fell behind two to zero. He he took Fucking over for Blake. you. You can never count on him. And he fell behind two to zero. So I'm not I, surprised. He was very disappointed in himself. He's already beating himself up over it. Good. <laughs> so let's go ahead and jump right into the question this week. And Marcos is going to lead us off this week since he is in the yeah. lead two to zero. What else is new? Uh, which of the following is not a real Resident Evil character? And this was sent to us from Code Jasper, who's aptly named after, I think some of the Resident Evil games have code, right? Like the Code Veronica? Yeah. Um, so I wonder if that has something to do with their name. Anyway, uh, so which of the following is not a real Resident Evil character? Is it A, Ingrid Hunnigan? Is it B, Moochie Vickers? Is it C, Hunk? Or is it D, Claire Redfield. Marcos, which of these is not a real Resident Evil character? You said Moochie Wickers? Vickers. Vickers. I'm going with that. That sounds too great. Okay. Dakota? I'm going with the first one. It doesn't sound good enough. Ingrid Hunnigan. So Ingrid is from Resident Evil 5, whereas Moochie Vickers is not actually in existence as far as we know. There is several other Vickers characters, but none of them named Moochie. (laughs) <laughs> so. that's such a good name though i want it to be real <laughs> that's so terrible <laughs> so hunk is real hunk is apparently like a secret code agent i don't think i've i've uh played the game that that hunk is in claire redfield is obviously one of the more well-known the redfields in general are, are pretty it's chris's sister yeah 
And you play as Claire in one of the games, right? Or am I making that up? You can play her in uh, two. She's yeah. going to be in the remake. Yes, that's yeah. right. Which I haven't played. I'm really excited to play Resident Evil 2. And that so thing thanks. looks great. Yeah, it looks amazing. So thanks for sending that in, Code Jasper. We'll actually, I think, yeah, we have, no, we, so next week we have two other horror-related questions. This week, um, coming up, we'll have a Red Dead type question. So we'll look forward to that later in the episode. Uh, so this week, you guys can expect us, um, there wasn't a whole lot of news. We are going to break down what is there, and we're even going to reach into some juicy leaks a little bit, which is something we don't do a whole lot um and then we're going to talk about what makes a good npc and which npcs are our favorite you know we've talked about protagonists and and antagonists i think now it's time to get into those good old side characters who help push us in the right direction but for now i do want to talk about a smash leak that happened literally just before we went live i think this was about three to four hours ago um this smash leak went live yeah, that so sounds about right. most people have probably seen it now i do want to go ahead and say that if spoilers um you know you're trying to avoid spoilers especially because nintendo obviously has plans to release this in some sort of direct then we totally understand give it about two to three minutes if you want to fast forward and uh we shouldn't be talking about smash past that but i did want to mention some of the names uh marcos and dakota i think all of which are of of interest um but the biggest one obviously i mean i think we kind of have to start here is banjo so I don't yeah. know that this is necessarily going to be Banjo and Kazooie. It's, it sounds like it might just be Banjo, which is particularly interesting. I'm sure Kazooie would have, you know, play some sort of role. Dakota, do you, do you think that, you know, we just had the crossovers episode last week. Do you think that Microsoft actually has the capacity to lend out a character like Banjo-Kazooie to Nintendo? No. You don't think it's going to happen? In okay, spite of the I, I feel, I feel, I feel a little torn because I feel like, Mike. Well, Microsoft isn't Sony; they're not holding on to their, their, their things uh, as tightly. I feel like, especially. Eh. Oh, never mind. I'll say I, I buy it. I feel like they should hold on to things that they can with their greedy little fists, but <laughs> they kind of need to give some way because they're kind of sucking. <laughs> <laughs> we we actually told our listeners about the xbox one joke so i uh, to avoid this i want i'll go ahead you know avoid us sounding like we don't like xbox or what they're doing i just want to say personally that i am a huge fan of what microsoft has done this gen outside of the games that they've released uh, i think it would be perfectly fitting for them to lend out banjo i think that's a great pr move um, yeah. You know, when you're considering something like Microsoft not doing super well in comparison in, to Nintendo, you know, they're still doing well by video game standards. Like the Xbox One has done well, but just not as well. It doesn't own the same kind of market share that the PlayStation or Nintendo Switch does um, at this point, at least. And so I think it's probably well within what they would want to do. You know, we don't know if they plan on using Banjo in the future, but this obviously wouldn't stop them from using Banjo. If anything, this just builds hype for a, a Banjo 3E or whatever you would call it, right? Uh, Marcos, what tweeted about you? They tweeted before. They, this has been a tweet that they did back in when Smash 4 was coming out, when, they were, when Nintendo did that poll again. Right tweeted out that say that saying that they were down to put banjo kazooie into smash 
And I think most people just kind of took that as a PR move. So you're you're thinking, Marcos, that the, that this is legit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we'll wait and see. A lot of times these leaks turn out to be totally fake. What was the one? It was Rayman, right? For Smash Four, people somebody went well out of their oh, yeah. way to create a fake Rayman. So a day later, though, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll we'll wait and see um, how legitimate these rumors are, but. But wasn't one of the last leaks regarding one of the directs, like, pretty spot on, though? It was totally spot on, yeah. Yeah, they leaked out Simon. Yeah, and I think that was a little more substantial because it was the music. Like, they they accidentally leaked the music to Simon's character. So, when as soon as that happened, people kind of knew for sure that it was a real thing. Now, I don't know that we have anything quite as tangible as this. This was like a little... I think it was on on the interior of a magazine. Um, there was just a photo with with all of the Smash Ultimate characters. So I'm guessing whenever the next direct happens, and I, do either of you know when the next direct is? Nope. Yeah. So eight. no, Marcos. November eighth. November eighth. Okay. So that's actually in two weeks then. So that's probably when we'll know um, for sure who is in Smash Bros. Because at that point we'll have about a month. Until the game all the goes. best leaks come from magazines. They really that's do. Where the, yeah. That's where a all the Pokemon ones come leaks. from. Oh yeah, it is a little sad. Like, and I, again, I don't think it's going to lessen the impact a whole lot if you're really talking about Banjo, right? Like that. I mean, I'm talking about the surprise though. Like when K. Rule happened, the past direct to go, I think I forget when the K. Rule reveal happened. That was surprising, and that was hype. That felt great. Yeah, I, it's I, true. I think the impact will have lessened significantly. Okay, okay. I kind of disagree. I think Banjo is a big deal no matter what. Um, but I guess we'll wait. We'll see how they how they reveal it. If they reveal it, maybe this is just you know somebody pulling a prank. But I thought it was interesting. Some of the other characters mentioned were Shadow, who is uh, Smash. Um, That's a for sure. Yeah. yeah, Echo for that would make sense. Sonic. Sonic Echo. Yeah. And yeah, then, Ken and Echo for Ryu. Yep, Ken, and then we have Isaac. Thingies. From, yeah, the chorus kids. I don't even know about them, but I saw that that was a, me either. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then Mock Rider, who again I know very little about. I, I so. still don't know what the hell that is. Um, yeah. So I think if anything, the other characters outside of Shadow and Ken probably delegitimize it. Uh, there was also Gino. Um, Gino. Oh, okay, that's a big one though. That's yeah, a big that's one that people have been asking wanted. for. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on from this until we know for sure that these are characters being released. We'll we'll wait to pass judgment. But I, I do think that these are all probably uh, these are all possibilities. I don't know that I would have thought something like Chorus Kids, who I know so very little about, <laughs> would be substantial enough for a Smash release. But you just never know. So the next piece of news that I wanted to talk about is uh, the Fallout New California mod was released. Do either of you guys have you either of you been following this? I know Dakota yeah. is you, so you have. I know you're more of like an Elder Scrolls fan. Yeah, I've been keeping up with just because it's super impressive um, with the Fallout California, but I mean, I'm not a Fallout fan. Right. I'm still impressed. Yeah. So but... th- uh, this is basically what a six. I think they said it's anywhere between six and fifteen hours in length. It's basically like a DLC oh, that yeah. people made for free. Yeah, for for free, right? So this just because they love the game, which is so fun. 
yeah that's really important right is that people put all of this work into a game uh without modding you know a lot of times we we've talked about this previously but a lot of times people will get into modding with the hopes that it'll launch their career somewhere um and that's you know we should consider that but still it's amazing that such a large project that's taken so much time is actually getting released we hear about these types of mods all the time and very frequently they just disappear for one reason or the other and i think it's also kind of impressive that bethesda didn't stop this at any point um especially because the timing and that's what i'm most interested in the timing of it just happens to coincide with the release of the fallout 76 beta this week uh i don't think that kind of thing would impact the sales of you know fallout 76 but marcos do you think it it would be reasonable at this point and this is just pure speculate speculation would it be reasonable if bethesda turned around and said you know we don't really want people to be focusing on this narratively based uh mod that has released we know that some people want that but we'd rather have everybody looking at fallout 76 do you think it'd be okay for them to you know shut this kind of project down now they didn't and there's no indication that they will How, how do you feel about where they might take this I don't think they'll ask them to shut it down. I think it's fair if they want it to be shut down. Um, all 76 things strictly multiplayer. I think it's a different type of game that they're going to be looking at. I don't think it'll take anybody away from 76. Anybody that's already interested in 76, I imagine, is either in the beta or just waiting for the release. Yeah, I think that's... Just a- for anybody else. That's a good point, right? These two things probably aren't going to overlap a whole lot. So I thought this was really interesting. All in all, I think this is a really cool and interesting thing, just like Dakota said. So I'll echo those thoughts and leave it at that. But that really is kind of the news from this week. I did just briefly want to mention that finally PlayStation is allowing for name changes. Um, And this is something we figured out before our last episode, but more details have come across. And one of those details is that Sony is saying <laughs> that they basically do not know how name changes would affect your accounts on older games. They don't know. So there is there is very much the possibility that you could change your name and then maybe go play something like Black Ops 2 or 3 like Marcos uh, has before. And maybe it doesn't work. Maybe your account no longer has the same kind of saved information or there's a bug or some sort of glitch. They They are not promising anything. So I think that's a little scary and also probably why it took them this long to release their name. So Dakota, would you change would you pay ten dollars to change your PlayStation name? Nope. What about you, Marcos? Nope. So okay, here here's a for instance. Uh what if your name is Juicy Booger? <laughs> would you pay ten dollars to change it, Dakota? Nope. That's Marcos? a good name. <laughs> I mean, I would like a different name if I made a mistake. $10. I mean, I'd pay $10 to change it. If if I was able to keep all my information and stuff, yeah, I'll pay him $10 to fix that. But you don't know if your information's going to stick. You've been playing on Juicy Booger for like 10 years now, dude. If I have to stay Juicy Booger to to keep my Tekken 7 rank, then Juicy Booger I will be. All right, uh, so that'll, that'll cover it for this week's news segment. Let's go ahead and take a small little break. And when we come back, we'll talk about NPCs, some of our favorite NPCs in video games. And we'll talk more uh, in depth about what makes a good 
non-playable character. Is it non-playable? No, it's non... Non-player character. Non-player character. I always confuse playable and player. Non-player character. I mean, non-playable I mean, is works there a too. It's the same exact thing. Yes. I think we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, one of the things that hung, I was hung up on this about is do we consider... Let's look at Walking Dead Season 1. Is Clementine an NPC? That's a good question. I don't know. Because you do become Clementine at some point. Right. Hmm. In a future Walking Dead season. So, I, would, I, I don't know. I would say... Oh, that's hard. I guess he starts off as an NPC. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess it, once you're an NPC, it doesn't mean you're always an NPC, right? So yeah. we'll, t- we'll talk about that more when we get back. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in just a few. This episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon members. A special shout-out to Roy Master 4, Blister Agent, Finks the Dragon Slayer, Daniel Coker, Grayson Page, Matt Buchanan, Sin Realization, Ryan Coombs, and Tina Jameson. On behalf of Epilogue, we'd also love to thank our Midnight Tier members. Xcreations, who you can find on twitch.tv slash xcreations, Drathjosh, who you can find on twitch.tv slash Drathjosh, and Disney Lover for Life, who is on a never-ending quest to get to Disneyland. If you'd like, you can support our Patreon account at patreon.com slash epilogaming for as little as $1 a month. Thank you for your continued support. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Uh, what? Who's playing Breath of the Wild while we're doing My our phone podcast? had a notification. I thought I silenced it. That's okay. We'll let it fly. Breath of the Wild has great sound design. Uh, so we for actually, as soon as we took break, I was like, you know what? That was the fastest first half of a podcast we've ever had, and it's because I skipped an entire portion. Uh, I didn't ask Marcos and Dakota what they've been playing. Now, Dakota, you've been gone for two weeks. Um, so what have you been up to? Have you been playing anything the last two weeks? I know you're you're getting adjusted to a new job and everything, so. I've been playing, like, mobile games. Ooh, we don't talk a lot about mobile games. What have you been playing? Uh, mostly, like, puzzle games. I found one that was called, like, Peach Blood or something, and you just ran around eating other things <laughs> that were smaller blood. than you. <laughs> Fitting right. with the Bowsette stuff that's been going around. Um, uh, there's another one that I play a lot, and it's, a. Uh, nanogram game i don't know if you know what that is Mm-mm. but it's basically kind of if you think of sudoku but in picture form Ooh, cool and so you get Sounds a grid like usually music. they're 10 by 10 15 by 15 or like 20 by 20 i'm sure they go bigger but those are the most common and each row like going vertical and going horizontal each has like a set number and so like the one i'm looking at now the first uh column going vertical has 313 so that's like the pattern of blocks that are going to be in there. Um, it's a 10 by 10. So you'll do uh, like three and then you'll do one in the middle somewhere. And then you do another three, but there's spaces in between. They all can't be connected. Um, but then going ho- horizontal, um, there's a one. So it's like it helps you to like eliminate everything. And then it kind of makes like a little picture when it's done. Neat. It's hard to explain and not many people get it when I try to show them. But huh, I like the idea of it. The idea of just like a visualize. Uh... Sudoku, Sudoku, basically. Yeah, sounds cool. I'm not in it. Not for me. <laughs> Marcos, what have you been playing? What is for you, then? What is for me? I've been yeah, playing what? Hollow Knight and Black Ops. So how far into Hollow Knight are you, Marcos? I found a weird cave place full of crystals. Ah, okay. So you're you're probably closing in toward, like, the halfway point. 
I think I got like a dash ability. Yeah. Very nice. Hollow Knight was probably my favorite or second favorite game that I've played this year. And I, you know, I don't think this year has been great for games, especially because a lot of my favorite games that I've been playing this year came out last year. But I will say that I have played a lot of excellent, a lot of excellent stuff. Um, how's before I get into what I've been playing this last week? How's Black Ops? Tell us about Black Ops. It's fantastic. Tons of fun. And you mostly have been sticking to the zombies mode still. Be careful. Treyarch. Oh, my God. Treyarch did a thing yesterday mm-hmm. that has angered me. What'd they do? Uh, you know how the zombies Easter eggs work? There's a bunch of puzzles, a bunch of steps you have to do. It takes forever to work it out. And when you finally learn it, you can start running it. Yeah. Treyarch had a balance update where they were trying to fix spawns and TDM. That's all they said that they were talking about fixing. So it, today, people have found out that they changed steps in the Easter eggs. Oh, so everything boy. that you learned, you had to relearn shit. Yeah, then nobody likes to relearn stuff. Learning once and, is enough. Relearning is is not something that uh, anybody likes to do a whole lot. So uh, yeah, I've let's see what have I been playing this week? Uh, I I beat Mega Man Eleven. I don't know if I talked about that last week. I was a big fan of Mega Man 11. And outside of that, I really haven't been playing much. I've kind of gotten back in the swing of Fortnite a little bit. And, hmm. I, I've, been, I've been modding Fallout 4. I'm not playing mod, Fallout 4. I just have been modding it. So I guess preparing for a playthrough. I actually, this sort of counts as a game. But over the course of the last week... I have been building uh, my second PC. This is the second PC I've ever built. I've always been an iOS guy growing up. And a couple of years ago when I started getting more into PC gaming, I had to build a computer. And, you know, we make fun of Marcos a lot for those Chromebooks. But I tell you what, there is something to be said for the simplicity of just buying something and having it work, which is why I think consoles will remain incredibly... Uh, important to the video game market for a long time you know um it's i i could not and you know it costs a lot of money too for me to want to play things on like the same level as my xbox one x it's pretty close to about a thousand dollars in the current market so now i think it does last you a long time it does last you a long time but the other thing i think you have to consider now is with the way the Xbox is doing things, the Xbox One X might last a long time. We don't we don't know. They've been doing so much of this backwards compatibility stuff that when they release their next console, maybe the stuff will still work on the X. I don't know. So if that's the case, then I feel like I'm still team console. But if we still have to upgrade our consoles every few years, then I do like the idea of... I like the idea of having my own PC no matter what. But I, I do think that consoles for me are still the preferable way to play games for a number of reasons and one of those is that i just don't have to worry about anything else um i know a lot of people and a lot of our listeners are totally different and i will say that building a pc is tremendously satisfying like the just buying the parts and all of that it's really interesting and engaging so i'm too scared to try that yeah it's it is a little scary i would break something mm -hmm. i'm i'm like actually putting it together i've been mostly like getting the part ship this week I'm putting it together after we do this podcast. So I'm like a little nervous. But the first time I did it was actually pretty good. A lot of people say that it's similar to building with Legos. Um, it's a little similar to that. It's a, obviously there's more nuance to it. But 
pretty similar, all things considered. So let's go ahead and jump into NPCs, our promised topic this week. Um, I just really briefly wanted to ask each of you. Um, I have my own things that I think make NPCs important. I even have a, a five factors of what makes a good NPC. But Dakota, I wanted to ask you guys first, what is it to you that makes a good NPC? Um, what are the qualities of a character that make them uh, memorable? <clears throat> um, I don't know. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know if I can articulate. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's what so it is. I really had to work to quantify mine. So how about I give you guys my five factors and I'll let you build or take swings at what I said. So I, I did my best to quantify this as best as I possibly could, because when I was thinking about it, they don't really have a whole lot of things in common. Like when I'm talking about my favorite NPCs, neither you know, one doesn't have a ton in common to the next until I start connecting these larger pieces. So here are my five factors. Now you guys can tell me if you totally disagree with one. I won't go super in depth, but the first is that I think they might must have an interesting backstory. Do you agree with that, Dakota? No. No? Marcos? I don't think it's a necessity. Okay. But it does help. Okay, it helps. So we're talking about the best NPC characters. Can you can you think of a best NPC character that doesn't have an interesting backstory? Goofy. Oh, Goofy's got a backstory. He's got a he's got a pet for Christ's sake. That's not his pet. That's Mickey's pet. Pluto is Mickey's pet. Yeah, they're best friends. Why'd you have to say Goofy? <laughs> he's one of my favorite NPCs. He has a backstory. Backstory. His whole ba Disney is his backstory, dude. <laughs> Just he has so much. Have you really? been on Goofy's roller coaster? Yeah, he has that an roller coaster backstory. is awful. I, he yeah, has a but roller it's a backstory. Coaster? Yeah, he's got a. It's a little barnyard. It just, it Why is it a barnyard? I don't know. He's he's, he's a farmer. Goofy's a farmer. That's his backstory. Farmer? He's a milkman. What's going on? I, what? I don't know. That you can be a milkman and still be a farmer. Those two things intertwine all the time. Yeah, yeah that kind of makes sense. I don't uh, buy it though. Okay, yeah. Alright, so no no I'm backstory for both of you. Okay, so this is my second one, and this one's a little more tricky. They must have an ability or the ability to do something that your character does not. Dakota? I feel like that can be like that's just vague enough that I could go with it. Because okay. when you think of ability, you think of course like something supernatural, like I can fly, they can not fly, but they could do something else cool. Yeah. But I feel like that could also apply in like a this character is different from me. They have different aspects like personality wise and thinking wise. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of I, I, it definitely is vague and broad. I was thinking that the NPC, the old guy who teaches you how to catch Pokemon and Pokemon, you know, the first guy you run oh. into and he's like, let me show hey, you how to do this. So he has the ability to uh and this this is there's almost a second part to all of this a little later um in my fifth category but he has the ability to do something that your character currently doesn't and so that is an important translated ability between the npc and your character so they all seem to have that in common from from my experience but maybe maybe not entirely marcos what do you think i think that makes sense yeah okay 
So the third one is that they must have an interesting voice. Now, this doesn't have to be a vocal voice. Like, they don't have to have a voice actor saying something. But the way that they speak must be interesting. Dakota, what do you think? Yeah. yeah. That just kind of does to, like, implement them. Like, it just makes them more memorable. Okay. Marcus? I think that works, yeah. Well, according to your goofy example, it has to work, right? I mean... Don't say no, because you know it's true. It's, I mean, for Goofy, yes, it is 100% true. <laughs> you know yeah. what? Yeah, this, this works out. Yeah. checks out. It checks out. If uh, By our Goofy metric. I guess that's how we have to do this whole thing. We have to say, does Goofy <laughs> do this? <laughs> so they have to look interesting. This, I think this, this might be my only... If I look at this list, this might be a qualifier for me, because I think there are some really good npcs that don't look all that different especially the further we go back into video games so marcos what do you think in regards to the look of npcs oh yeah i love goofy characters you love goofy characters <laughs> you love the look of goofy characters <laughs> yeah all right dakota oh like God. it doesn't just have to be goofy but if they look goofy then yeah I'm so, down. so everything we've done has been looped back either to the word goofy or the character goofy. <laughs> I just like fun characters. If they're fun to look at or fun to hang with in a game, yeah. Okay. Dakota, what do you think? Do they have fun. to look interesting? No. No? Okay. That's two out of my four. So here, let me see if I can swing this one home uh, with my fifth and get three out of five. I think that the NPCs have to lend your character some sort of advice. They have to set you on some sort of path that you might otherwise not have gone on. So I think that's my fifth uh, mandatory quality. <laughs> I'm assuming those are your, your dogs, Marcos. Are, is it Pluto back yeah, there? Yeah, uh, there. Uh, there's a poodle. and It's uh, Bus and Jack. I think the Amazon guy might have shown up. Okay. Well, good on you. I hope it's an interesting Amazon package. It's not mine. <laughs> I didn't buy anything. <laughs> Dakota, what do you think? Does a character, a uh, side character, have to give you advice? Yeah, like even if it's not like implicit, they don't just, hey, you, I, I don't know. You, I was going to make a joke about Goofy. I couldn't think of nothing. <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> okay. But uh, even if it's not like they directly tell you advice, their actions kind of like imply of like what the character should do. Right. Marcos, what do you think? I mean, Goofy is the one that keeps Sora in track, and he's the smartest character in the party. So, can we just call this the Goofy rule? Then goofy metric? The, 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 five, goofy rule? the five factors, we'll call it the Goofy rule. Has yeah, an interesting that. backstory. Has an interesting ability. What's Goofy's interesting ability, though? What's his interesting ability? Yeah, in Kingdom Hearts. Take a hit, man. Yeah, you can take a hit. He's, a, he's defense, right? So uh, gives you health towards yeah. the late end of the game. Or magic. He fills you up with magic. He has an interesting voice. Goofy looks interesting, and he gives you the best advice. So the Goofy yeah. rule. Yeah, the five factors we get in. Otherwise known as the Goofy rule. I feel vindicated, honestly. Yeah. I, I'm feeling pretty good about this whole rule. So let's talk about our three favorite NPCs. Marcos, you're not allowed to say Goofy anymore. Fine. <laughs> So, uh, Dakota, why don't you go first and tell us uh, your... Wait, can I go, like, third or yeah, second? you can go third. I need, I need time to, like, <laughs> look at my list 
and then like compare it to what you guys have said. Okay, that's fine. I, so I'll go first then. Um, my this one was tough for me because I don't know that it satisfies the goofy rule. But my third one is Toad. Toad from Mario is an interesting NPC to me. I think for several reasons. One, it it loops. Toad is in several different Mario games. Always gives you good advice, right? Um, Does he? Yeah, Toad gives you great advice. Toad will sometimes tell you where stars are. In Super Mario 64, Toad tells you that's where stars advice. are. That's not advice. That's just directing you. No, but it's like a hint, though. It's it's well, the Galaxy, it's, he tells you how to use like those star jumper thingies. I don't know what they're called yeah. when you like leap between planets and stuff. Yeah. Toad's, You're writing a thin line, but I'll buy it. Toad's full of knowledge. Toad looks interesting, has a great voice. Toad has a great he, voice. Does he look as interesting when there's like ten other toads just running around the world? Uh, yes. I'm just trying to. Just because there's several of them doesn't mean that they don't look interesting. I'm just trying to bring you down at this point. <laughs> and I don't know Toad's backstory. I don't think we've got. I, I think that might be what Captain Toad's treasure hunter is for, but I haven't <laughs> played that one, so I don't know. Um, so. Toad, Toad hits on four of the five uh, in, the, in the Goofy rule. So, Marcos, uh, third favorite NPC. White Shivel from Guacamole. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I know this one. So, tell us what makes uh, them interesting. First of all, he's hilarious. He's a complete asshole to your character most okay. of the time. He's also the one that teaches you all of your abilities. Mm-hmm. How about the look? He's an old man that is shirtless has a nice beer belly and is only wearing like a tunic sort of deal and has a staff and he turns into a goat yeah what about that backstory i don't know much. nobody really knows much of this backstory then you all you know is that he's a shaman and that at one point he was romantically involved in a villain in guacamole too. that's interesting see that's an interesting i say that satisfies the goofy rule i'm in i'm in for that one that's five out of five dakota Hit us with one. Okay. My first one is from Hotful Boyfriend. Not really, guys. <laughs> and uh, that's hot, just that's just the code boyfriend. game. Yeah, that's our code game of the week. So make sure to message me on Twitter or Discord with uh, our code game of the week if you want a uh, free prize, Dakota. Or message me and I'll give you a game of Hotful Boyfriend. Well, don't do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have a really really long list. You gotta, so you gotta bring it down to three. Yeah, I have like 15. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but I'm okay. I'm gonna stick with ooh. Okay. If it's really hard, you can read a few of the runner ups without, uh, you know, big. I'll read the runner ups. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I will say runner ups Animal Crossing's Isabelle and Cap'n. Mm-hmm. I don't think they qualify just quite enough don't to be top the three. Rule. Okay, but they're very good. Uh, Hobson from from Slime Rancher. He's like the he's an old man that passes his farm down to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember in my short time with Slime Rancher. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna lump all of the night in the woods characters together only cuz <laughs> they they could be number they could be in the 3 but there there's too much to talk about i won't subject nobody to that okay um but like all of them all of the little side characters they're night in the woods does npcs like the best 
Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So that's our so honor I'm gonna roll go. list? Yeah, that's the honor roll list. Okay. I'm going to scope number three, four. Um, I also have some Breath of the Wild characters. I have Prince Sidon or Bosa and Cass. I, love I don't Sidon. think I'll put them on the list. Sidon's a, I'm a big fan of Sidon. They're pretty good. Okay. Okay. So I think I'm going to stick with... Um, this is like at the top of my list, and this is the first one I thought of. So I'm going to stick with it. But it's N from Pokemon Black and White. Yeah. So tell us about N. Wait, how, let's, let's go through the, the goofy rule. Backstory? Okay. So N, he's, I guess like he's, during most of the game, he's like your... Uh, like, he's not your, like, main, like, enemy that you're going after, but he's essentially, like, that enemy's son, and he wants Pokemon to, like, be free. And I, I don't remember how this world, how, like, I don't remember what region this is for Pokemon Black and White works, right. but he is, like, the king, and Unova. N is, like, the son. I think it was Unova. I don't remember. Yeah. But, um, and so he is essentially the king's son, and he was essentially, like, kept inside all day in a castle, like, with Pokemon, which kind of motivates his actions to want all Pokemon to be free. Because um, he works with, uh, like, whatever the bad guys are in that game. I don't remember what they are called. Team Galactic, I think. But he works with them, and their goal is to, like, liberate Pokemon, which sounds nice and good, but, like, they're taking Pokemon away from people to, quote-unquote, free them. Right. And that's his motivation, because he believes trainers are hurting Pokemon. And I think that's one of the most interesting things about that character, is that it sort of flips uh, the, the antagonist on its backside for Pokemon. Yeah, yeah it, it, they did even a good then, job he's with that one. never, like, intention... Like, his intentions are always good. It, and I would even say, like... It, it, I mean, it was his idea, but it's never really him carrying everything out. I don't know, because he's like, you, you guys ride, like, a Ferris wheel together. You guys have a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, as far as powers go, he does have like an intuition with Pokemon, I guess. But he's very like charismatic and stuff, which our Pokemon trainers are not. If we're being honest. Now, what about um, look and voice? He has like long ass green ponytail. Yeah. So the, I think that is another example of even Pokemon goes out of its way when it knows it has an interesting NPC. It goes out of its way to to visually make them visually distinct, right? Yeah. So I think that's a big one too. Is that look? So in all of their games, yeah. even old ones, mm -hmm. they were yeah. They always find a way. Uh, so let's go to our second favorite, Marcos. You want to lead us off here? Uh, Kate Six from Destiny. Kate Six is a big yeah. Is a is a big uh, has a big following on Destiny. Probably for the sense of humor, right? But what other interesting things do you well, have to say about Cade? And, like, the way they reveal it slowly is that at face value, he's, yeah, he's a lot, he has humor, but it masks his really depressing story that he he's kind of, like, psychotic. He really thinks, he truly believes that everybody hates him. So the backstory, okay. Yeah. So, what about ability? I know for sure this one checks off. I mean, he's the gunslinger. He's the one that first had the golden gun. He's also an exo, which is a race of people that give it, gave up their souls to become robots of war. So he does that, right? And voice. Who who voices Cade? 
Nathan Fillion. Yeah, so we got the voice too. And look what you already kind of described. Yeah, he's basically a robot with a horn. Yeah. Or he was in peace. And Cade, with, uh, in terms of advice, does Cade give us uh, any advice? He tells you not to trust anybody. Right. So I think Cade is an easy example. Uh, you know, and I'll refer back to this in the future. But I think that in, in terms of creating good side, side characters in a video game, you really do, on some level, have to have all five of these. I think probably the one I'm discovering that we would need the least is backstory. Because you can invent a backstory if you want to. I think Pokemon character people do that a lot with Pokemon characters. Um, but even then, you still tend to find, uh, you know, little bits of of information scattered across the universe. If a game is doing a good job with its character, if it's putting, uh, you know, attention into that character, then I think you'll find backstory littered around in various places. So Dakota, who's your second favorite NPC? Okay. For my second one, I'm going to do... Okay, this is like a combination of two characters, because I don't want to just do one. That's lame. (laughs) You're finding finding a way to fit in all 15 (laughs) of these. (laughs) But it's... Well, it's because I have them together on the list. They're both from the same game. It's uh, Blackbeard and Blackbeard and Mary Reed from Assassin's Creed 4. Yeah. So okay. let's I go mean, down. Let's go I, down the goofy rule. Backstory. I don't. I don't need. A, I don't need a backstory for Blackbeard. That I mean, he's that like is. the most fearsome pirate of the seas. He, yeah. So he, he has, has one. Her. Yes. Mary Reed, or I can't. I think her name in the game under like her alias was Captain Kid. Um, right. was supposed to be like her thing was like the kid of James. Kid. I don't know some pirate named Kid. I don't know him. <laughs> um, backstories. You know, famous, inf- infamous pirates. One boom down. Yeah. Um, and I would say their abilities, um, Blackbeard ended up in the game sacrificing himself for his ship and his crew and for, uh, your character, um, whatever, his name is Edward, I think. Right. Um, which Edward, you know, he's a very selfish kind of a crap person. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mary Reed Assassin's sim- Creed 4 is so good. Yeah, that's why I felt. Like, they have to be part of it, because especially they do so much for your character in the end. Um, but then Mary Reed, uh, she ends up dying, um, like, in prison, pregnant. Like, super pregnant. Um, but, like, because she, like, believed in her cause. Like, gosh, I wish I could, like, better remember. It's been so long since I've played. But she essentially, you know, dies not, like, wanting to give up whatever the thing was. I don't know. Okay. She dies for a good cause, though, and I know that much. <laughs> it's been so long. I just watched somebody play it, and I can't really remember um, exactly what happens to her character. I do remember her dying, though, and I do remember... They all dis- die. That's yeah, the point. Yeah, I That's distinctly point, remember both of them having really interesting voice acting uh, and just a- in general writing. But again, that almost just fits with their characters. Both of these characters you are have like well-known black- pirates. You have literally two historical yeah. characters. So it's it's almost like cheating in a way because these characters have everything like already built into them right like going into the game and that was a savvy move on their part i think it was one of those things that assassin's creed has messed with a few times where it's like hey we we know you know yeah and it's like they've always had like who what's that guy's name that it 
Da Vinci? Yep, him. He's always been in the games. Um, I guess he's the only one I know. Yeah, they, they've done it a couple times. I wish I could think oh, of Oh, they have George the Washington. Yeah, they do George it a Washington, lot in Assassin's a Creed A ton 3. of Assassin's Creed 3. Yeah. I didn't play Syndicate or Unity to know. Um, or enough of Origins yeah. to know. But then, like, you know, in the end, like, their deaths, um, I guess for the advice portion, their deaths essentially propelled your main character to become, like, a more selfless person, a better person, and to think of others, and not to be just kind of a greedy dude who ditched his family to be a pirate for money. Yeah, I, I think if if I'm remembering correctly, at the end of Assassin's Creed 4, he, yeah, Edward, like, loops back around to meet his daughter. Yeah, uh, his daughter, um, his ex wife whatever ends up passing away she dies and so right. um she, he gets that letter and he eventually brings out his daughter out to see him yeah so it, that's another function of that advice portion is it helps get your character to where they're going so whatever their arc is it's propelled by the side quest character um, and it's like even in that scene you see like all of like there's more characters that pass away like in the game but of course those blackbeard and mary reed are the bang two big ones Mm-hmm. Um, and like you see them, they're ghosts. Like as he's going to go see his daughter. Yeah, it's sort of almost similar. Another instance of this that I really like, where we already have like a preconceived notion of this character. And this isn't my second one, but Joker and um, uh, oh goodness, Arkham Knight. He is kind of like following Batman around as sort of just a ghost. Mm-hmm. And again, like we already have the backstory, we have the abilities, we have the voice, the look. But it's like that constant advice, whether it's good or bad, that gets Batman from point A to point B in that narrative arc. So my second favorite, um, and this was this was sort of tough for me to pick. I wanted to make sure I, I fit Majora's Mask in there somehow. So there's lots of interesting Majora's Mask side characters. Um, probably some that I would have I would have almost preferred to pick, but I think the most notable one is the Happy Mask Salesman. Who is almost, That's a good one. Yeah, Happy Mask Salesman. If we're if we're going down the goofy rule, um, <laughs> obviously has like this this wide. Um, it, but again, it's it's vague, and you have to pick it up when you can. It has a backstory. I don't know that the the Happy Mask Salesman has an ability, except for he seems to understand everything about the masks. So whenever you bring him a mask. Or you ever, whenever you talk to him with a mask on, he seems to know something about it. So I guess that that's part of it. And then the voice obviously is like this very aggressive. Now it's it's all in text, but it's extremely aggressive. The way he speaks is aggressive and antsy, if you will, um, and is is constantly um, just driving fear into your into your main um, the main goal of you know taking down Majora. Uh, so obviously, you know, providing that advice right off the bat that you need to go get this mask from Majora and return it to me. Like that's, that's the whole plot of the game is essentially set up by this NPC. And then of course there's the look, um, it's, it's really terrifying. He has sort of an odd grim, uh, grimace on his face and he's rocking back and forth and he has all of these weird masks, uh, on his backpack very distinct look. I think if anybody plays Majora's Mask, you've probably you'll be able to remember um, the Happy Mask Salesman. So I think this one definitely checks out. Let's move on to our favorites, Marcos. Uh, let's. Wh- who's your favorite NPC? 
I can't say goofy anymore. You're not allowed to so say goofy. So <laughs> I had to make a last minute change. Okay. So I'm picking Simon from Bloodborne. Ooh, good one. Tell us about Simon. He is or was an old hunter from the Healing Church back when Ludwig was still not this horse face thing. Right. Down the line, he uh, stopped agreeing with what was going on. Yeah, there's there's a lot of backstory to Simon. Yeah. Uh, The whole the thing that kept him distinct from the hunters is the fact that he uh, grew. um, He started not to like guns. He wanted to stay away from the whole firearm stuff, so he went to the workshop and decided to craft a bow blade, which is one of my favorite weapons in the game because it's so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about voice? He speaks in like whispers. He's always interested in those secrets, and yeah, he, uh, he he's always hushed most of the time. Yeah, really. It's which is really distinct. Uh, and in Bloodborne, where there's like screeching and yelling, and right, like that's pretty much how every character speaks in Bloodborne. It's these like, I would say screech is probably the po- proper uh, proper word here for how everybody else talks. And Simon's quiet. And then advice. Well, at first, he wants to keep you away from the secrets because the more you learn about this, because the whole thing about the DLC and the uh, old hunters is the fact that the biggest secret that is being kept is what happened in Fishing Hamlets, where they killed an old one. Right. And essentially wants to protect you, sort of. He, he wants to keep you away from that secret because the more you learn about the secret, the more tainted you yourself become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Simon definitely checks off our goofy our goofy rule. Dakota, who's your favorite NPC? Okay, I know I'm getting a little sidetracked, but I went and I read Why Mary, like what, like everything, <laughs> just because I felt like I had to redeem myself there really quick. But she was an assassin with the Order, and in her like dying breath, she essentially told Edward to redeem himself for her, because uh, he right. was a shitty person. Um, like as he's trying to like save her and get her out of prison and she's literally dying. But um yeah, and then he like took her to get her buried and whatever. Okay. Yeah. But my my number one check. character. Okay. My number one character is Dowd from Assassin's Creed. Or not uh Dowd from Dishonored. Yeah. Who you've talked at length about <laughs> before yeah. Dowd. So let's just quickly go to our, our five factors here. Backstory, ability, voice, look advice doubt pretty easily hits on all five of those right yeah and essentially doubt is almost like like the anti corvo in a sense they're they were given this power i don't ever know why doubt was giving it but who knows why corvo was giving it the outsider does as he will but and this is assuming that you go down the correct path and you don't kill anybody in the game but um doubt essentially like sees you and like, for, kind of like regrets all of that, like because he essentially went down the opposite path. He became a paid assassin. He kills people for money, um, and he essentially like regrets everything he's ever done, uh, like in the DLC. And he like tries to make amends to that and backtrack everything he's done. Yeah. Um. So it's like he's the NPC, and I guess uh, at some point he does become a player character. 
So the the only thing about Dowd is that he almost serves as an antagonist, right? He is. He's the essentially the he killed the Empress. Yeah. He's so, a, your biggest target as Corvo is. Like out of everybody, when you know you can either kill them or you can kind of like punish them in like a sick way. Um that's non-lethal, but it's awful. Your only option with Dowd in the game is to kill him or just walk away. Nothing happens to him. Right. Which I think speaks for itself. So one of the interesting things when I was like evaluating all of this, because GLaDOS was originally on my list, and then I was like, you know what, we've already done the antagonist thing, and I wonder what it is that separates an antagonist from an NPC. And one of the things that I think that you're getting to, which is really relevant, is that the antagonists tend to almost rival the protagonist decisions and goals. Whereas an NPC or like the N, you know other side characters in a game tend to drive them in a specific direction rather than mm-hmm. like oppose the views entirely, right? So it's yeah. like that. It's almost as if there's two parallel lines going between an antagonist and a protagonist, and the NPCs are slowly chipping at your protagonist's uh, you know path in terms of like how they how they arrive to that eventual destination so it really is yeah. interesting because it of course they still sat they are npcs right they are non-player characters. yeah i forget yeah doubt is kind of like i guess he he's the person like that he is kind of almost like he is one of like one of the big antagonists because i always think is the guy like the spy master who conducted everything that's yeah. the antagonist i always think of doubt as like this guy that just did what he wanted right. but i mean he killed the empress which is a really really big deal and not being able to either killing him or just not killing him and walking away and letting that sit and be is super huge for the story. I just forget that he is also an antagonist. Yeah. Which, again, still, you know, that quantifies as a uh, as an NPC all the same. Especially once you go through and, like, you get to play him mm-hmm. through the story. It's like, wow, this is just a person. <laughs> so one of the things that, uh, you know, I I really wanted to get to was Dark Souls because I think Dark Souls does... NPCs just about as well as any other game. Uh, you know, regardless of how you feel about the game itself, they do a really good job of littering the game with interesting characters. And one of the interesting characters, I think the easiest thing would have been for me to pick Solaire, who I think probably has the fullest point A to point B arc from any side character that I can remember in recent memory. Um, I wanted to do something a little different instead, and that was go with Navlon who's in Dark Souls 2. And Navlon is a really interesting character because he has split personality. And between, you know, depending on when you visit Navlon, you can get different versions of of Navlon. Um, and Dark Souls is obviously a really hard game, but at, at the point where you would find Navlon normally, the developers actually write down a message at the very bottom that says, like, do not, do not open this gate. That is where, you know, Navlon's behind this gate. And the developers are specifically telling you not to do this. So you'll talk to Navlon and basically, depending on which personality you get, he'll either tell you, hey, don't ever let me out of here. Or he'll tell you, let me out of here and I will will hunt you down for the rest of your life. Or, Or you can go kill all of the other NPCs that you've collected in the game and you'll satisfy me. And I won't come after you for the rest of the game. And so it's this really interesting mechanic, um, depending on what you do. Now, there's obviously, I think this 
Noblon has a backstory, uh, has interesting abilities. He's much more powerful than your character and pretty much all the other characters in the in the game. Interesting voice. He has this big top hat that like shades the rest of him, so you really only see the the hat. And he's giving you advice. I mean, it's inherent in his his side quest. But the interesting thing here is that it actually, on a mechanical level, de- changes the way that the game is played from then on out. And I think Dishonored has some of that too, where like you know we've talked about like if you kill a character, you don't kill a character. Um, you know, you're you're dealing with rats or less rats. Like the the city sort of morphs itself, right? Yeah, you kill characters. Essentially, of course, you have many means to like kill characters, but there's more rats, more um, uh, sick people, more guards everywhere. You don't kill people. There's less guards, less rats, less sick people. Yeah. So I think any that's the that will eventually become the sixth part of the the goofy rule is that it has to have an effect on the the gameplay mechanics that that follow meeting that character. I I genuinely believe it has to affect the gameplay somehow Um, outside of just going on a mission. It has to somehow change the way the game is played, Um, because I think that's what people do in real life. Right. If you meet somebody really interesting, they change and affect the way that you go about your own daily life, right? If somebody is deeply affecting, then it changes things. And I think that's ultimately where a good NPC um, needs to, you know, as we continue to push game development, that's how NPCs need to affect the world. So yeah. we're, we're already closing in on an hour. Um, let's go ahead and get straight to our quiz show, our second question of the evening. And Marcos, you're up three zero, so you're gonna have to go first here. Thank you to Jones goes bang for the question. I'm hoping I, I'm getting that right. <laughs> it's there's there's two O's instead of or two zeros instead of O's, but it's it looks a little funky. Anyway, Jones goes bang. Thanks for the question. So, uh, Red Dead is coming out soon, um, and so I'm guessing that's where the inspiration for this question struck. Which of the following Western video games, according to Wikipedia, is not real? Is it A, Custard's Revenge? Is it B, Gunfighter, The Legend of Jesse James? Is it C, Wyatt Earp's Old West? Is it D, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance RPG? Butch Cassidy and the what? Sundance RPG. And the other one was the Wyatt Earp what? Wyatt Earp's Old West. Uh, Cassidy, I guess. Which one? Butch Cassidy, the RPG one? Yeah, okay. Dakota, what are we thinking? What was the first two? Custer's Revenge and Gunfighter, The Legend of Jesse James. And then what was that Cassidy one? Butch Cassidy and the Sundance RPG. Wait, what was the other one? The, <laughs> the one you, you haven't said. Wyatt Earp's Old West. Oh, I'm going to go with... Wait, what's the first... I'm sorry, what's the first one? Custer's Revenge. Yeah, I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. So it actually is D, which moves Marcos up to four to zero. <laughs> I'm pretty so, sure he's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> so the obviously, all of these are based off of famous Western characters. We have Custer, we have Jesse James, we have Wider, and we have Butch Cassidy. Um, all of these are old games, all of them, with the exception of Butch, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance uh, RPG. 
all of them are like NES games, I think. I think Gunfighter and the Legends of Jesse James was PS1, but I think all of the other ones are like SNES games. I wonder what those play like. Um, Custer's Revenge is on the Atari. Ah, so even further back. Terrible huh? game. Yeah. That, <laughs> uh, so N- Not like gameplay-wise, um, stuff in that game. Yeah. I can't imagine any of them are very good. Red Dead for me has been the first actually good Western RPG. I remember playing. Uh, there was not Red Dead. Um, there was Call of Juarez, I think. Before yeah, that's that, another uh, series of games. Yeah, that was pretty okay. I remember that being pretty okay. But um, I had a couple um, games. I think there was like three, maybe. Yeah. So Call of Juarez. There, it's it seems like it's getting more popularized, which makes sense. Uh, you know, westerns are all based on gunfights, and gunfights are very popular in video games. <laughs> so <laughs> I wonder why we haven't seen more of them recently. But because uh, westerns suck. And no, they're good. No. I love Tombstone. I'm a big fan. That's literally Tombstone. my least favorite genre the- of anything is western. Tombstone, uh, but with a uh, Japanese cast. Tombstone, but with a Japanese cast. Yes, I did not know that existed. That well, it's going to exist. I think it's still filming. Okay, I'll have to check that out. That sounds yeah. fascinating. That's I weird. think uh, they, I, I don't know this, but in my short time studying film, I think that uh, westerns actually got a ton of influence from like samurai movies. I think they're that they're makes a lot of sense, yeah, honestly. So, um, but I, I I might be getting that backwards. I can't I can't really remember. Anyway, uh, Dakota, where can people find you? And what are, I know you're hoping to resume streaming soon. What is going to be your schedule with the new job? Um, I was actually thinking, since I do have three days off, I was figuring maybe I could uh, uh, loop the boy into forcing a stream with me on at least Friday or Saturday. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, definitely on Wednesdays, since that's one of my also days off. Um, for sure, Wednesdays, Thursdays, since I work, I don't work till four. Um. So there's like time in the like when I wake up for like a quick stream, and then on Sundays just because that's when I'm also coming back from two days off. So time in the morning for a quick stream, and Wednesdays I'm off, so I can stream. But I've been waking up early, so I'm debating if it, it's not that I can't stream on the the other days. It's just I have like usually two hours, or like yeah. very few hours, and it's like is it worth it to stream only for two hours? I don't, I know. don't know. Yeah, Marcos, what about you? Uh, just find me on Twitter, Marcos Camona, TwinkiePie37. Um, I'm the cute one. Okay. And oh, Dakota, your Twitter handle. Oh yeah, uh, the Empress. Okay. But there's a three somewhere in there, and you have to still find it. You're gonna have to find it. Uh, I am at Benjamin Plays on Twitter, or go ahead and follow us at Epilogue Games. We we found that somebody we found the person who has at, at Epilogue Gaming. So we'll see if we can steal that back. It it looks pretty unused. Um, Did someone steal it or have it? I think they they probably oh, had it a little bit before us and then just never used it. You know how that happens. Like it it's just one of those things you run into. Welcome. Yeah. So um, we do have a new Twitch account too. Uh, it's Epilogue Gaming TV. So give that a follow. We'll be hosting uh, various streamers every Wednesday at around nine p.m. Eastern time. So we'll be spotlighting various casters. And check us out at epilogguegames.com or Patreon. 
dot uh, com slash epilogue gaming where you can give us as little as one dollar a month uh, to throw a little support our way throw a little change so i it. need the money <laughs> that'll be it this week next week we'll have a halloween episode bank on it we'll do a halloween right. episode uh we'll do something interesting and thanks everybody for listening uh i'm ben volmer and i'm with marcos and dakota we'll see you guys next week or will you <laughs> <laughs>